Welcome to the Herald Podcast, New Generation, a podcast created for those who desire a new way of gaining information rather than reading a traditional newspaper. In our show, we will discuss everything from sports, pop culture, politics, and local news. To stay up to date on our latest episodes, be sure to subscribe, and you can also check us out weekly on all major streaming platforms. And don't worry, we keep it short. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of The New Generation. I am one of your hosts, Tanner Mondock, and sitting here to my right is our other host, Janae Avery. Janae, how are you doing today? I am great. Ready to start my weekend. Happy to be back for another episode to deliver you guys what the latest news is. Episode 15 now, right? Yeah, we're getting up so. there. <laughs> oh, man. We'll have to do something for maybe like, uh, I don't know, episode 50 or something. We'll start planning that now, our big uh, episode 50 celebration. Absolutely. And if our listeners have any ideas for episode 50, <laughs> what they would like to hear or what yeah. they would like to see, go ahead and, you know, send us an email. We'd you love have to know. 40 weeks. <laughs> so get on that. <laughs> don't wait until the last minute. But anyway, let's uh, let's start with the news here. is coming from our state reporter John Finnerty about a story about what Pennsylvania can learn from the condo collapse in Florida and so I guess that there's a, a state lawmaker that's looking for lessons on this so the minority chairman of the state Senate's urban affairs and housing committee said Tuesday that he thinks the General Assembly ought to see what state officials can learn from the Florida condo collapse state senator Nikhil Saval of uh, Philadelphia said Pennsylvania buildings may not see the same sort of stressors as buildings on the coast but that the state's building stock faces its own unique threats that will only worsen as climate change intensifies whether the state should play a greater role in setting rules for inspections or providing financial support to help renovate buildings in need of structural repair. He said, I think it's totally worth looking at, like how we can update and make our built environment resilient and safe and sustainable, even if certainly Florida seems far away. And so reports about the Surfside tragedy indicate that there were issues with corroded metal rebar, cracks in concrete and standing water where the building's pumps were unable to keep the seawater penetrating the structure. And the factors that contributed to the June 24th Florida collapse are unlikely those to be seen in Pennsylvania, said Dr. Walt Schneider, a professor at Penn State and chair of the state's Uniform Construction Code Review and Advisory Committee. So obviously, just like I kind of mentioned before, how, you know, we're not living on the coast of an ocean where we constantly kind of like have that battering like our buildings along there. But what they're trying to get at is that it's important to try and look at this now so something like this doesn't pop up in other parts of the country or right here in Pennsylvania because as we saw here there could be things that are just kind of like hiding like that in the building that maybe people are deciding to ignore so it's best to look at this now so it doesn't get worse in the future and we don't have a situation like this a little bit closer to home. And so our next story is coming from Mike Rocknick, and it's about uh, Mercer County distributing $1.2 million in COVID grants to restaurants and tourism businesses. So under the COVID-19 Hospitality Industry Recovery Program, better known as CHIRP, Pennsylvania is ejecting $145 million into hotels, restaurants, taverns, and other hospitality and tourism-oriented businesses. George Jig Warren, owner of the Keg Restaurant and Bar in Sharon, said that 
This money is really going to help them and that he thinks that everyone in the hospitality business has been hit hard by the pandemic. So the keg specifically received a $15,000 grant and Warren said that he knows exactly what he's going to do with it. And he said that he thinks he's just gonna use this to pay some bills. And so as the pandemic tightened its grip last year nationally and forced many in the hospitality industry to close or severely restrict their hours. There isn't much wiggle room on the types of businesses qualifying for the grant, but each county can decide how to split up the funds. So Mercer County, for example, has a maximum cap of $50,000 for any single business, but other counties could use smaller amounts to stretch the funds among more businesses. All grants must be awarded in $5,000 increments. And also grants to Mercer County businesses must be approved by the county commissioners. We've done a lot of stories on this so far about grants coming in to help local businesses or anyone that was affected by the pandemic. But I think the fact that this money is still coming in just shows that this money is still needed. And kind of just like how Warren said earlier on is that there's still bills that people need to pay that maybe they weren't able to pay during the pandemic or the height of the pandemic, I should say, because they weren't bringing in as much income. And so looks like that this money is still going to go a long way in helping people in the hospitality industry. Since COVID restrictions have been lifted, we've seen an increase in community events across the Mercer County area. And speaking of community events, for this weekend, there are two that will be taking place in the Mercer County area. The first event is in Farrell. So Farrell is hosting their very first car show. The event coordinator behind the car show is Lair Hughes. She got the inspiration after thinking about what she wanted to do to celebrate her 26th birthday. She wanted to involve the community, so she decided to mark the day with a car show in her hometown. Now, the car show will take place in Farrell at the Veterans Square on Saturday from 1 to 7 p.m. And as of right now, there are about 32 cars that have been booked for the car show and over 20 vendors who will be selling food, clothes, and more. If you guys are looking to join this community event, like I said, it will be from 1 to 7 p.m. Saturday in the Veterans Square on Spearman Avenue at Federal Street in Farrell. And another community event that is taking place this weekend is the annual tour of Treasures Garden. This event will take place from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Sunday at Sharksville Plaza. The address is 62 East Shenango Street in Sharksville. And for donations, it is $10 to receive a tour book of this year's garden tours. So yeah, it's kind of nice to see that, you know, a lot of these weekend events are coming back. I feel like we've been talking about these type of things just more and more on the podcast every week. So it's, it's nice getting back in the swing of things and having these events come back for the summer. Let's get into the national news. And yesterday, President Joe Biden said that the U.S. military mission in Afghanistan will conclude on August 31st, saying speed is safety as the United States seeks to end the nearly 20-year war. He said, we did not go to Afghanistan to nation build. He said in the speech to update his administration's ongoing efforts to wind down the U.S. war in Afghanistan, Afghan leaders have to come together and drive toward a future. He also amplified the justification of his decision to end U.S. military operations even as the Taliban make rapid advances in significant swaths of the country. The effort to further explain his thinking on Afghanistan comes as the administration in recent days has repeatedly sought to frame ending the conflict as a decision that Biden made after concluding it's an unwinnable war and one that does not have a military solution. He said, how many more thousands of American daughters and sons are you willing to risk? 
He said that he will not send another generation of Americans to war in Afghanistan with no reasonable expectation of achieving a different outcome. Biden also said that he didn't trust the Taliban, but trusted the capacity of the Afghan military to defend the government. And so Biden said it was highly unlikely that one government will control Afghanistan after the US pullout and urged the Afghan government to reach a deal with the Taliban. The president also added that there is no mission accomplished moment as the US war comes to an end. He said the mission was accomplished and that we got Osama bin Laden and terrorism is not emanating from that part of the world. To wrap up the week in national news, the last story talks about the Pfizer vaccine. So for anyone who's been kind of watching the news lately, um, you probably have heard that there has been, you know, people talking about if there is going to be a third dose for vaccines required. And Pfizer actually said that it was soon published data about a third dose of vaccine and submitted to the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. The company specified it would seek FDA emergency use for a booster dose in August. However, according to the World Health Organization, they do not know whether the booster vaccine will be needed to maintain protection against COVID-19 until additional data is collected. Now, based on the totality of data they have to date, Pfizer and BioNTech believe that a third dose may be beneficial within six to 12 months following the second dose to maintain the highest level of protection. Of the 158 million fully vaccinated people in the U.S., more than half received the Pfizer shot. U.S. government officials have stressed that fully vaccinated people have low risk of infection, even from the Delta or B16172 variant, which is more transmissible than earlier lineages of the virus. So for anyone who has received both doses of the Pfizer vaccine, there could potentially be a third one in the near future. However, that is still up in the air until it has been decided between Pfizer and the World Health Organization if it is required for people in the future. I've got both of mine, but if I get a third one, you know, whatever, just Put it in me if that's gonna, you know, make it all right with like the Delta variants or any other future variants, just whatever. Do what you gotta do. Give me the third one. I'll give you, I'll take a fourth one, whatever. Just, uh, I'll do whatever you say is best. But, um, but yeah, cause these variants keep coming out. So just gotta keep yourself safe. But all right, that'll do it for this week on the New Generation Podcast. Uh, thank you guys again for listening for 15 weeks now. We really, really appreciate it over here and there are better things to come. I know we have some, uh, some exciting things planned for the next episode so definitely stay tuned for that one but anyway that'll do it this week for the new generation podcast thank you guys thanks again